Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Happy Monday, faithful listeners. This is your host, Jen, with the P40 Ministries podcast. So grab your cup of coffee and let's jump right into the reading of God's word, which is Genesis chapter 41, verses 46 to the end of the chapter, which is verse 57. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning, but as always, you can read out of whatever version you prefer. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. In the seven plenteous years, the earth produced abundantly. He gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt, and he laid up the food in the cities. He stored food in each city from the fields around that city. Joseph laid up grain as the sand of the sea very much until he stopped counting, for it was without number. To Joseph were born two sons before the year of the famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The seven years of plenty that were in the land of Egypt came to an end. The seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. What he says to do, you do. The famine was over all the surface of the earth. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. The famine was severe in the land of Egypt. All countries came into Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe in all the earth. I really enjoy that the author gives a timeline of Joseph's life a little bit. It says at the very beginning of Joseph's story, I think in uh, Genesis 38, that Joseph was actually 18 years old when he ended up getting sold into slavery. And now in verse 46 of Genesis 41, it says that Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So 12 years had passed, 12 years of misery for Joseph. He had been a slave. He had been thrown into prison, a a bad prison, I should mention. Ancient Egyptian prisons were not pretty. They were not nice. So he was thrown into a prison for something he did not do. He was framed. And so now he's standing in front of Pharaoh at the age of 30. 12 years had passed. And I can imagine that Joseph was feeling like, you know, my young days are over. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But his days were not over. God had a plan for Joseph, a very significant, fascinating plan for Joseph's life. So now Joseph is still young. He is 30 years old when he stands before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And when Pharaoh puts that signet ring on Joseph's hand and says, you are second in command 
to the entire nation of Egypt. I can't even imagine uh, Joseph's fa- look on his face. I can imagine that his jaw just dropped like, uh, what? I was just sitting in prison not an hour ago, and now I'm the ruler of Egypt. <laughs> like, we, we can think of that as just something that's so... Um, fantastical, but yet God can do that kind of stuff. God can do that kind of stuff. And that's why I just love Joseph's story. So anyway, let's, let's discuss this uh, passage here. In verse 46, it says that Joseph was 30 years old and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. So ancient Egypt, he traveled all over the land of Egypt. He immediately began his job. And that's something that we see that is very consistent with Joseph. He was a hard worker. He was very good at delegating. He was very good at organization. And uh, he was very good at being a leader. And so every single position we see Joseph in, he becomes a leader of some sort. Even when he was a slave, he became the leader of uh, Potiphar's household. And then when he was thrown into prison, he became almost like a overseer that took care of some of the prisoners. And then now he's practically the king of Egypt. I mean, he's not the king. There's still the Pharaoh, but he is second in command to the Pharaoh. And he is one of the most powerful people of ancient Egypt. And so now he goes and he does exactly what his job is. He goes and travels around all of Egypt and goes and starts organizing for the famine that's going to happen. And it says, in the seven plenteous years, the earth produced abundantly. So Joseph was absolutely right. Seven years had come where there was so much produce and so much uh, good stuff that people were plenteous. These farms were just producing tons and tons of crops. And so it says that Joseph gathered up all of the food from the seven years, which was in the land of Egypt. And he, and he put up these big storehouses. So he built these big storehouses in all the cities that were around Egypt. And he oversaw that. And so these giant silos, I imagine, would hold all this grain and all this food for Egypt when the famine was about to start. In fact, there was so much produce that had come from Egypt at this time that it says that Joseph laid up grain as the sand of the sea. So in other words, there was so much grain that Joseph put into these storehouses that he couldn't even keep count of how much was in there. The bags of grain were so plenty, so much that he couldn't even keep count of them. So he stopped counting because it was without number. It was like the sand on the seashore were these bags of grain. There was so much. Can you imagine just seven years of putting that much food in these storehouses, an entire country, an entire large country, I should add, putting all that grain in these storehouses for seven years would have been tons and in these these big cities as well. So with God's help, Joseph was a very smart person. You know, none of this stuff was from Joseph himself. He even said himself, this was all from God. So Joseph had the help of God. You know, we, we saw twice that God was with Joseph in his affliction, is what it said. And I believe Genesis chapter 40 and Genesis chapter 38, it said that God was with Joseph in his affliction and allowed Joseph to prosper. And this is the same thing here. God is allowing Joseph to prosper. God is allowing Joseph to delegate and do all this stuff and prepare so that someday Egypt would be saved from this horrible, horrible famine. But after this, 
in, it kind of switches tunes a little bit in this passage. It says in verse 50 that before the famine, I think it was a year before the famine, Joseph ended up having a son. The name of that son was Manasseh. He named him a Hebrew name, even though he lived in Egypt, had an Egyptian wife. He named his son Manasseh, which in Hebrew meant forgetting. We know from what Joseph names his child that there was some resentment in Joseph's heart for a while. And maybe it was gone now because the reason he names his child Manasseh, it says that Joseph said, God has made me forget all of my toil and all of my father's house. So in other words, God has prospered me to the extent where I don't even remember my father's house and what my brothers did to me all those years ago. I don't remember my time as a slave because I have so much blessings now that I don't need to remember any of that stuff. I don't need to remember it. So he names his firstborn Manasseh, which means to forget. He forgot all of that crap that was behind him, all that slavery, all the the garbage he had to go through with his brothers that is gone. And then in verse 52, he has another son afterwards, and he ended up calling this son Ephraim. And Ephraim is another Hebrew name, which means twice fruitful. And Joseph says, when he names his child, he says, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So I like the fact that Joseph named his sons Hebrew names. He was still loyal to his God. He was still loyal to his roots. He did not name his children Egyptian names, which was, when I read that, it was kind of interesting to me. Because you would think that if you had gone through all of that horrible trial, many people would have wanted to forget their old roots and start off fresh. But Joseph doesn't do that. He's still faithful to God, the God, the God of the Hebrews. He's still faithful to his God. And he names his children Hebrew names. So I I do find that interesting. I do find that interesting that Joseph did not abandon his roots entirely. And so he names his second son Ephraim, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So not only did he forget about his father's house and the horrible suffering that he went through with his brothers and with being a slave and being thrown into prison for no reason? Not only did he forget, but God has also given him so much, twice fruitful. He is now twice fruitful in the land of his affliction. In other words, he has so many blessings, he can't even count them. He is just so blessed and he is just so thankful for what God has done for him. Now, after this, it says that the seven years of plenty finally come to the end. So the the time of plenty is gone. And all of a sudden, the famine starts just as Joseph had predicted. It says in verse 54, there was a famine in all the lands, is what the Bible says. All the lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. So Joseph had prepared so well that there was food in Egypt, a lot of food in Egypt. So even though seven years of this grievous, horrible famine had finally come, there was still plenty of food to feed all of Egypt. And it says that when all the land of Egypt was completely famished, so they had run out of the bread in their own households, they cried to Pharaoh. They're like, Pharaoh, please give us bread. We need food. We are starving. We are hungry. And Pharaoh 
just hands it off to Joseph. He's like, okay, talk to Joseph about it. He knows what to do. Joseph ends up opening all those storehouses that he had for seven years stored all this grain in. And the people are coming to buy the food. It says that he sold to all the Egyptians in the land. And in fact, this famine was so severe that it wasn't just Egypt that was suffering. It was the entire world, it says. It says in verse 57, the the very last verse, the famine was severe in all the earth, every place. And I don't know if that means the entire earth or the entire ancient earth where people had lived, but one way or the other, the, the famine was so severe that people were starving all over the place. And it says that all of these countries came to Egypt to buy food. So imagine having so much food in your country, so much food that in the middle of a horrible, horrible famine, you can feed people from other countries. That is just fascinating to me. So this is kind of the just the tip of the iceberg of how much food was actually saved in Egypt. And this was all because of God and all because of Joseph's great leadership and God allowing Joseph to prosper in the land of Egypt, because that is what God does. He allows people to prosper no matter where they're placed, as long as those people have a heart for God, which is something that Joseph very clearly had. He had a heart for God and God loved Joseph. He allowed Joseph to prosper. As it says by the the titles of Joseph's children, he allowed Joseph to prosper in the land of his affliction. God was that loving and that caring to Joseph. So like I said, I think uh, in one of my previous episodes when we talked about Joseph being thrown into prison and Joseph still prospering there, God can do that. No matter where you're placed, no matter how awful it seems, God is always at work and God will allow you to prosper if you have a heart for God. Because with God, all things are possible. We just read that verse in Matthew. So tomorrow, join me for an episode out of Matthew. We will be discussing Matthew chapter 20. So join in at 6 a.m. to listen to that episode. And also, if you didn't get a chance to read the blog post on Saturday that I put out on the website, go to www.p40ministries.com slash the blog and take a look at the blog post that was posted on Saturday. Also, friends, you know that Easter is coming up very, very soon, and uh, my Easter devotionals are available on Amazon Prime. They are coloring devotionals, so they are an awesome experience, an awesome activity to do during Easter or all times of the year, but they are specifically designed around Holy Week, which is this week. Holy Week means from Palm Sunday all the way to Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. So these devotionals are based on Holy Week. So if you haven't gotten one, definitely take a look at those. I will drop a link to those in the bio of this podcast episode, unless you're listening on Apple Podcasts, because unfortunately, Apple Podcasts does not let me drop links in the bio, which is kind of frustrating. But anyway, if you are interested in purchasing one of those and going through it during Holy Week, I definitely recommend it. And you can find those on Amazon Prime. So just type in alive with an exclamation point, coloring devotionals, alive coloring devotionals. And you can find those on Amazon Prime for, I believe, uh, $12.99 for the adult version and $10 for the children's version. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Happy listening and God bless. Bless.